Hey there. Happy Friday. My name is Alyssa Canova, and this is Freaks and Shrieks, the podcast where I share with you two movies that I watched over the past week. And by past week, I mean today. Um, I'm a law student. My schedule is weird. And so basically, you'll get an episode pretty much every Friday at a time that is completely random and dependent on my mood and external circumstances, mostly. But if you want updates on that, you can follow my social medias and I will try to keep y'all abreast of the situation. I'm at Freaks in Shrieks, not and, just in Freaks and Shrieks on Instagram and Twitter. Well, freaks, it is Valentine's Day weekend, so of course I wanted to celebrate love in the movies I watched. And so today I watched The Love Witch from 2016 and Bride of Chucky from 1998. And before I get into the movies this week, I just want to say that if you're one of those people that hates Valentine's Day, I would just like you to get a grip. Like, it's it's cute, it's fun, and if you don't have a romantic partner, you can celebrate all other types of love. And if nothing else, you can embrace red and pink, which is really cute, and you can eat chocolate, and you can watch your favorite rom-coms or your favorite Valentine's Day-themed horror movies. There are a lot more than you would think. And it's just a holiday like everything else, and everyone loves to be like, oh, it's just made up, and it's so commercial, and it's like... So is Christmas. And no, I will not elaborate on that. But like we spend months doing Christmas and way more money. And it's in the shortest month and it comes halfway through. So like we spend very little time on it. Anyway, I also think that like I think we should bring back the way that we did Valentine's Day when we were kids. You know, when we would get those little cards and we would close them with the little heart stickers. Like how cute is that? Like instead of getting getting like one mushy gushy card for someone you live, you can just get like cute little cards, little funny cards with like puns on them and give them out to a bunch of people you barely know. And if you give them like a heart-shaped sucker with that, that's like so cute. And I don't know why we don't do this as adults. Like, do y'all remember making the little tissue boxes and wrapping them in paper and making them look cute? Like that is so cute. I just, I think we should bring back arts and crafts and, you know, little cute gestures like that. So anyway, just think about that next time you hate Valentine's Day. Think about the fact that we're just depriving ourselves of the joy of Valentine's Day. It's just supposed to be cute, and I think it is cute. So anyway, first I watched The Love Witch from 2016, written, directed, produced everything by Anna Biller. Um, This movie was incredible. I am still like taken aback. And like ruminating on it because it was just so conceptual, but also just so captivating. Like, okay, so this movie, um, it has very 1960s vibes and it doesn't take place in 1960, but we can only really tell that because of the make of like one of the cars and the fact that we see a character use an iPhone like once. Like you don't see the screen, but you can tell from the back of it that it's an iPhone. But like other than that, like all of the costuming, the set design, the like quality of the camera, the cinematography, the music, the effects that they use, like it's all very 1960s. And it's just, it's so beautiful. Like, oh my God, everything is jewel tones and like Anna Biller is like telling this really fascinating color story and like 
like from the very beginning, we see this like such a stark contrast between red and blue. And we see our protagonist. She's driving in a convertible through the countryside. Like, is there anything more 1950s horror movie? Like, it's so perfect. And anyway, she's got this bright blue eyeshadow on uh, with this winged eyeliner and she's got like a glossy red lip so we've got the red and we've got the blue and then she's driving this shiny red car and she gets pulled over by a cop and again we have like the red and the blue and then it's like in the next scene she gets to the house and it's purple and there are a couple scenes where she wears purple eyeshadow and it's just all very like it is all very intentional and I'm not saying I've like parsed every detail of it, but you don't need to. Like, I just feel like the fact that she, like the creator of this movie did this, like, it's just, oh, it's just so beautiful. And it's like, it's just very well crafted. Like this is cinema, you guys. Um, so if you're interested in that, I would highly suggest you watch it. Um, I watched it for free on Peacock, which did have a lot of ads and it was a two hour, two hour movie. So it didn't make it a little... drag a little bit but if you can find a way to pay for it and not have ads that would probably be better because this creator deserves the money and I'm really interested to see what else she has out there because I've never I don't think I've ever seen anything by this uh director before so anyway Anna Biller remember the name she's iconic but anyway I'll tell you about our love witch here so she's driving in this convertible right and she's doing like a voiceover in her head and she's cutting to memories of like her past lover and like even like this detail like this guy is like supposed to be young but he looks so old and ugly and he's got that like 70s hair it's just like ugh, the detail it's amazing but anyway um like she keeps flashing to memories of her old lover who it seems that she had killed. Um, and she's like, my therapist says that a lot of people are abused, but they all seem to be fine. So there's nothing really special with me, but I don't know why I can't seem to find love and blah, 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 blah. She's obsessed with love. That's why she's the love witch. So she pulls up to this just gorgeous purple house. Like I say purple and like it's, it's like a very deep purple. Did y'all see those pictures that came out recently of Sarah Paulson's home? Stunning. Like the purple that she uses in her house is the same purple that this house is painted. And it's it's absolutely gorgeous. Um, and so we see her neighbor drives up and she's like this very accommodating woman. And she's like the exact contrast to our protagonist. And by the way, her name is Elaine. So I'll just call her by Elaine from now on. But the neighbor, um, her name is Trish. So Elaine has like these deep brown eyes, heavy makeup, long, straight black hair. Um, And Trish, on the other hand, has like short red hair and really light eyes. Um, And she's wearing like light colored clothes, um, like her exact contrast. So she's being very accommodating, like helping her into the house. Like Elaine is like renting this place from somebody. I don't really know the situation. It's not that important. Um, But Trish was the decorator and decorated it like (laughs) exactly how Elaine liked it. Like very eclectic, very witchy. So like does her job very well. Cut to a like pink tea room. Everything's pink. Everyone's wearing pink. No men are there. Um, And they're chatting and Elaine says that like 
she understands men now and she wish she had known them better before Jerry, who is her ex-husband, um, before he had left her. Um, but she's, she's telling her new friend all about this. She says that she was reborn as a witch. Uh, when Barbara and Dan brought her back to life and taught her everything about magic and men. Um, And in the background of this scene, there is this harpist and she's like singing like a folk song. Like she's like a folk singer, but she's playing the harp and she's like wearing all white and she has like a platinum blonde hair and like white flowers in her hair, like stunning. And so Trish is like trying to humor Elaine and she's like so what is it that men want exactly and Elaine says that like they just want a pretty woman to love them and take care of them and Trish is just like I I think you've been brainwashed by the patriarchy and (laughs) Elaine is like listen you just need to fulfill men's fantasies you just need to have sex with them be everything that they desire all the time and then they will love you in the way that will humanize you You see, men don't care about women and they will never give them anything ever unless women bend to all of their wills and desires. And that is the uh, sex magic that Elaine has learned and which she will um, continue to implement in her life. So this is her philosophy. So Trish is like, I think you've been brainwashed by the patriarchy. Um, My husband loves me for me. And if I fulfilled all of his fantasies, I would die. <laughs> um, not literally, though, maybe. I don't know. Men are terrifying. Um, so at some point, like, Richard walks in and he, like, shows up behind her. That's Trish's husband. And, you know, Elaine makes this, like, intense eye contact with him because that's what she does. But cut to and she's painting and she's painting a naked woman next to a horse Um, and then she's like going through her day. She's doing all her witchy shit. She's, um, mixing up herbs and putting them into a little satchel. Um, while she's like making candles and mixing spells, she's wearing this like green eyeshadow. Um, and she's like looking through like her spell book. Then she's like grinding up herbs. Um, and then she has this like little black robe on and this like satanic rug and she's like drinking wine and asking the goddess to send her a man to love her and she lays on her back on the rug and she just says love me love me love me over and over and over again and then we cut to and she's walking down the street in this little black outfit and she goes to this little witchy shop um and she meets the girl in there her name is Wendy um and she's there to sell her like the candles and soaps and shit that she makes and Wendy's like great thank you I'll you know buy a couple more in two weeks and then after that she walks over to a bench and has her little sandwich and like in her voiceover she's talking about how like she has magical powers and it's not what you think like her magical powers are just using her will to get what she wants um and across the way she sees a man talking to a woman and just by making eye contact she like summons him over (laughs) and he does not give the other woman any attention (laughs) and um they start talking and they're like oh it's a lovely day I love nature and she's like do you like nature I bet you like love love to get away in the woods and he's like I do love the woods I have a cabin you read my mind and then Elaine basically invites herself up to the cabin and offers to make him dinner and he's like uh hell yeah 
Um, and so they just get in his car and go. <laughs> and that other girl is just left standing there like, uh, okay. But when they get to the cabin, it's dark. Um, and he's like, I want to have sex in this car right now. Like we're kids. And she's like, um, how about you have some of this flax? Sorry. <laughs> I wrote flax in my notes. I meant to write flask. I looked at that and I was like, yeah, that's the right word. No, it is not. She offers him a flask and he's like, what is it? And she's like, something I made. And he like finishes the whole thing. And then she suggests they go inside and she starts making dinner and he puts on a fire and they have dinner and she learns that he's a professor and she teases him about being a libertine, which I guess is an old fashioned word for being like a total slut. And she's like, oh, and by the way, I put some hallucinogenic herbs in that uh, flask that you downed. Um... And he's like, wow, you're wild. Um, and so she like starts undressing for him. And he's like enamored by the lining of her coat because it has like a striped rainbow lining. Um, and he's on drugs. Um, and once she's naked, uh, she's just like, you can make love to me now. Um, and uh, he carries her to the bedroom um, and they just start boning. But after they finish, he starts crying like a little freak. And he's like, I feel so strange. Um, and he tells her that he can't believe how easy she was, basically. And that most girls just want you to commit to them after they have sex. And life is so hard for him because none of the pretty girls are smart and none of the smart girls are pretty. <laughs> and... He says he's never felt a love like this and he's scared of how strong he's feeling. And she's just like sitting there like, oh, you poor baby. I love you so much. Blah, blah, blah. She's just like stroking his little ego. Um, but also like losing respect for him slowly. Um, and she goes into the other room to have a smoke and he's just like sobbing and screaming in the next room for her. And she's just like, I don't give a fuck. Um, he's a pussy and no one was ever there for me when I was screaming and crying. So she sleeps on the couch um, and she wakes up and she sees that she started her period. So she goes to the bathroom to put in a tampon and then she makes breakfast for him and she brings it into his bedroom and he is like sickly white. And he's like, I had a dream that I was calling out for you and you wouldn't answer. And she's like, oh, that's awful. <laughs> um, so then she's back in the living room and she's playing with her tarot cards and she like draws a card, the one that has like the three daggers on the heart. I don't know what it's called. I don't really do tarot, but it's a bad omen, I guess, because she like holds it to her chest in fear. Um, and she goes back in to see uh, the guy. His name is Wayne, by the way. She goes in to see Wayne, uh, but he won't wake up and she realizes that he has died. Um, and she just like cries on his chest. But then we cut to her. She's naked outside collecting wildflowers. And then she is pissing in a jar. And then she is transferring the piss from one jar to a different jar and putting a her used tampon in that jar along with like a bunch of herbs. And in her head, she's saying like, did you know that most men have never even seen a used tampon? And it's like, yeah, I might have guessed that. I don't really know. Men are so stupid. They probably have and just don't know what they were looking at. But anyway, cut to she's wheeling him outside in a wheelbarrow and he's just dead. And she uh, starts digging a grave and she's like, everything regenerates. I'd like to come back as a cat. I miss my cat so much. He was my best friend, which she never revisit this. Like we don't hear about her cat again, but it is, um, 
you know, she mentions him, which, of course, you know, every witch has to have a cat. But I shudder to think what she did to the cat. Like, I have to assume that she killed it or something. Like, damn. So where she buries him, she also, like, burns her rainbow-lined coat as a gesture. And she's like, I give you the rainbow. Um, And, you know, she leaves her piss and period bottle there. And then she gets in the bath. And... Then she's painting again, this time a portrait of a woman cutting out a man's heart. And she's wearing this like high neck lace number with like a velvet choker and her hair is in this updo and she has this like green eyeshadow. It's very like off kilter for her. Like this is like her morning outfit or whatever. Like it just doesn't make sense with the rest of the costuming throughout the movies. But it like it's feel like it's making a statement like that was her like like that's her like wedding outfit or whatever because like she's killed this man and now she's bonded with him forever or something I don't know maybe maybe not um but her hair's like in this updo it's like very interesting but um anyway Trish comes over to pay her a visit and they have tea and we find out that she's going on a business trip um the next week and like leaving her husband behind and then Elaine gets this like slutty little twinkle in her eye like I'm gonna go after your man um but we cut to a burlesque show and the waitresses and the bartender are gossiping and they say that they found like a body in the river and then they show them the newspaper and they all start looking at it and apparently there were like markings on this guy's chest or whatever and they're all like damn it's the witches again they're at it again these damn witches but at one of the tables elaine is having a conversation uh with one of the women who like you know got her into her you know little witchy cult um because she's not just a witch like she's in a cult which is sad um but she's like, I don't, I just don't understand what happened because I used a love potion on this man last week and then he got really sick. And the woman's like, oh, he probably just couldn't handle his emotions like most men can't. And then this dude, this old dude in this long red tunic comes up and he gets Elaine to stand and he kisses her on her stomach and then he kisses her on her chest. And he's like, I heard y'all talking about love spells. Yeah, you've got to be careful he didn't talk like that I don't know why I did that but then they like have a toast um to uh, the goddess and they do it pretty loudly so the guy at the bar who hates witches is like go home witches and (laughs) Elaine is like I didn't know this town was hostile to witches and they're like well it's no San Francisco (laughs) you know but then uh two blonde girls in these long white dresses come up and they they greet the man and the woman and they they join them at the table and we find out that the these are their students their new students aka uh, converts um that they're teaching them about the power of dance um and then they they talk a lot about the history of witchcraft they're like it's interwoven with a fear of female sexuality and that the reason that they teach women about sex magic is to get men to fall in love after which the men will see you as human beings um you know like the ideology that that elaine was explaining earlier but like this is where she learned it from like these are her teachers and it's just a very like because it's like they start off with like yeah witchcraft like the history of it is interwoven with a fear of female sexuality yes like it is like historically people refusing to grant women agency and refusing to listen to them and constantly using them as objects and then punishing them for trying to break that mold like yeah that is historically well documented but then it's like (laughs) this man is leading this little cult of people and saying like if you want men to view you as people 
you need to turn into a fantasy and you need to turn yourself into men's sexual desire and then men will see you as human beings and then they will love you properly and they will not hurt you and they will not use you and it's like clearly convoluted but it's also so you know clearly it's just like (laughs) It's not the ideology of, of witches. It's the ideology of the patriarchy. And of course, like, it's very interesting because this movie, like, I wouldn't say, like, this little cult is, like, the central theme of this movie. Like, it's definitely just all about Elaine and what she does with her power. But, like, I just spilled a huge cup of water and my life flashed before my eyes because if I ruin another laptop from water damage, I may have to end my life. So now that I've recouped from that, um, so God, I was really, I felt like I was on a roll there (laughs) and now I've lost steam. Anyway, yeah, it just, I don't know, it just really, like, hits the nail on the head about how, like, women, in order to not be hated by men, we have to be loved by men. But that love is so conditional that, like, there's really no way to win. (laughs) Um... And it actually really reminds me of this TikTok I saw, and I do not know this creator's name. She was saying that, like, succeed under the patriarchy, you have to, like, partner up with your uh, natural-born enemy. And how dangerous it is to just be a woman and be a straight person because men are uh, disgusting. And anyway, (laughs) that's basically what this movie is about. And... It's just, and I think it does it really well. So I I cannot recommend you watch this movie enough. But anyway, she starts like reminiscing about her husband, Jerry. She's back in her apartment now. She starts reminiscing about Jerry and the things that he said to her. But he quickly goes from like saying sweet things to saying things about her not being able to like keep up with the house or to maintain herself. Um, And then she hears her father's voice in her head, which is calling her fat and stupid. And then we cut to her like uh, initiation into this like cults which like ends up she's like naked on a table and got and people around her are like naked and chanting and shit and it essentially ends with that guy that old guy that um like raping her so yeah but then we we cut these two detectives at the police station or whatever the girl who had been flirting with Wayne before he like just got in a car and left with Elaine, um, she's there and she's like, he left with a strange woman on the last day that I saw him and he has a cabin that he often takes dates to. So at this point, Wayne is just a missing person, but the cops go to check out the cabin and inside the cabin, there's just a bunch of rotting food. And then they find the glass of piss. And then they, like, go outside and they find where he's buried. And they see the, like, burnt up jacket and the jar with the tampon in it. And <laughs> they look at the jar and they're like, what even is that? Because <laughs> they couldn't tell at first that it was a tampon. I'm not sure how long it takes them to actually figure it out. But then we cut to Elaine and she's having cake and a glass of wine with Richard because Trish is out of town. Um, And then they move over to the couch and she pours him a glass of wine in a comically large red wine glass. 
And then she asks him what turns him on. And he's like, oh, no one's ever asked me that. I love flying airplanes. That's what turns me on. And oh, man, my life is passing me by. I've never robbed a bank or had a great love affair. And so then, (laughs) you know, that's her cue. She puts on a record and she starts like dancing for him and stripping. And he's like, damn, who are you? And she's like, I'm the love witch. I'm your ultimate fantasy. And then they like make out on the couch. So the cop is trying to figure out what's going on with this bottle. He goes to uh, like a professor who like specializes in the occult to show it to him, which I get. Like, yeah, it's part of the mystery, but it's, like, pretty easy to test, like, piss and blood for DNA, is it not? (laughs) Like, this movie doesn't actually take place in the 60s. Like, they have, like, DNA fingerprinting. They can... They can figure this out pretty quickly, I think. Either way, you know, we have to get some of the the witch lore out of the way. And basically the professor... Basically, the professor says that there are, like, two types of witches. There are black witches and there are white witches. And white witches, like, don't harm people as a rule. But black witches do. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, And then we cut to, and they're, like, their little cult is, like, having a little party. And it's cute or whatever. And Elaine is saying how, like, she found a new man. But after she used her love spell on him, he's just being very clingy and he just he won't stop crying and he's like acting just like a girl and that man who she's talking about is Richard and we see Richard he's at home and he's like playing with tarot cards and he's writing like countless notes to Elaine and he's like up late and drinking and just sobbing and his wife sees him and is like yo what the fuck is up with you man and he's just inconsolable um And so the cop, he, like, goes to the witch shop now and asks about the witch's bottles. And the girl, Wendy, she's like, yeah, we have some, but only since Elaine started selling them to us. Um, And then he goes to Elaine and asks if she's ever seen one of these bottles. And Elaine's like, yeah, I literally made that. And he's like, have you ever seen one with piss in it? And she's like, oh, piss, that's silly. Um, And he's like, yeah, this one has urine and a used tampon in it. And it's still like, what are you doing with that? Send it to a lab. And it's also like how poorly Elaine has covered her tracks here because she she has led them to her in multiple ways. But it's okay because now she's going to fall in love with the cop. So it'll be okay. But she has this like cauldron like bubbling up with blue smoke in the other room. She has like all these like chemistry bottles, like all these different colors. Like I'm telling you, this movie is so easy on the eyes like it is so fun to watch just like do yourself a favor okay and they lock eyes and she's like I think you're my fate the cards told me my soulmate would love animals do you like animals and he's like oh yeah I actually ride horses sometimes you want to come with me so they're out in the country riding horses and then they stumble upon this random little renaissance fair in the middle of the woods. The, the people that are like in the little like the witch coven, they, they show up and they act like they don't know her. And they act like they just like host this renaissance fair. So she's like being dishonest about who she is, even though the cop knows she's a witch. Um, but everyone is like, oh, look at this beautiful couple. Let's let's put on a little Wren wedding for fun. Um, so these two people start singing this little love ballad and like playing their little recorders and then they each get taken aside and dressed up in like white garb and crowns and they have the little ceremony and they like tie their hands together with a blue rope and then 
they sit down at this table and they have a feast and the two are like sitting there and it's like supposed to be like a wedding dinner or whatever um but we hear his thoughts and we hear her thoughts and it's just like his voiceover is like I'm not in love. I can't love. It's too soft. Men who love get destroyed by love. It can kill them. And in her head, she's just like very in love. And she's like, I love him so much. He's absolutely amazing. Every little detail that I learn about him, I love him more. And in his head, he's like, the more you get to know about a woman, the less you care about her, the more boring they become. When they feel you start to pull away, they try and love you harder and it can be suffocating and it's the most awful feeling. And, like, the way he says that is, like, a knife to my heart, you guys. Because it, I get it. <laughs> because I get it. And that's devastating. Like, it is, like, I don't know. This scene is just so, just looking into both of their minds at the same time. And it's, it's, it's just so, it's so astute. It's so well done. Um, and anyway, <laughs> we are back at the uh, police station and the guy is back at work and the other cop is like what did you find out uh from elaine and he's like listen the chief says we need to leave the witches alone and he's confident that wayne died from a heart attack and they're like okay but we found him buried so like why Uh, but the other cop is like look at elaine's history like she owned this shop with her husband and then she moved away and then her husband nearly married someone else and then he ended up dead and now she lives here like it's very suspicious and the cop is like what just because she's a witch and he's like no because of all the other things i just said and he's like are you in love with her and he's like who says i'm in love with her get off my back and then he throws the weakest little stage punch i've ever seen and the other guy like is just like on the floor and like this is what i'm saying you guys like this movie didn't need to like it could have been set in the 60s but it's not it's created in the style of a horror movie that was made in the 60s so like the effects are cheesy the dialogue is cheesy but it works so well and it's so funny in little moments like this. I just, I live for it. But back at the neighbor's house, we see Trish and she's just like at her wits end. And she's trying to find Richard and she goes to the bathroom, but the door is locked. And so she busts in and Richard is in the bathtub and he's slit his wrists. Yeah. So, so after that, um, the two are having tea, Trish and Elaine, and I guess it's been some time and not that much time since Richard died. And so Trish is just kind of talking about that and she's, you know, in mourning. Um, and she's like, I figured he was having an affair after I got back from my business trip, but that woman drove him crazy and I should have done something to help him because now he's gone and Elaine is like completely unbothered by everything she says and finally when Trish is like okay what's up with you Elaine is like oh I'm in love (laughs) and he gave me this ring and it's not like a real engagement ring but I feel like he's gonna pop the question any day now and she lets her try on the ring and then she's like oh well gotta go um and she leaves and then Trish like realizes that she's still wearing the ring and so she calls her and is like hey you left your ring I'm just gonna go to your place and leave it for you and so she goes to her place um and she's like snooping around like she's trying to find a safe spot to leave the ring but she's also snooping around and she goes into the bedroom and she leaves the ring like on a vanity 
And then she tries on some of her lipstick. And then she gets carried away, tries on some blue eyeshadow, some false eyelashes, puts on her wig, and then goes through her lingerie drawer, puts on her bra and panties and her little slinky fur-trimmed robe. And she's looking at herself in the mirror. And this whole time while she's like primping and just becoming Elaine, she hadn't noticed that there was a framed picture of her husband on this bitch's vanity. And so when she sees that, she's like, shit. And she opens uh, the drawer or one of the drawers to the vanity. And she sees like these like different like bundles with different men's names on them. And the one that has Richard on it, she picks it up and she sees like there's like a love spell in there and a card that he had wrote to her. And as she's looking all- through all of this, Elaine is like sneaking up behind her with a knife. But Trish like knocks it out of her hand and the two like wrestle on the bed for a minute and she slaps her and then she leaves and she's like, you'll burn for this. And then we cut to like, it's like another ritual. Like she's doing like yet another love spell. Like she has, she does love spells in a lot of different ways. I guess there's like sex magic is um dense. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, so they do like a ritual there. They do like another love spell. And then we cut back to the burlesque and those two blonde girls from before, they're now like wearing these weird costumes and they're dancing dancing. And the waitresses are like they're so weird and they can't even dance. And the old guys like they're friends with the witches. Um and then they're like talking about the teacher who they found buried in his yard with witchcraft stuff on his grave. Obviously talking about Wayne. And the cop is there and he's not really saying anything, but Elaine uh joins him at the bar and he's like, The lab results came back and it's like, Okay, good. So they did test the piss. Like I was really worried they weren't gonna test the piss. And he's like, And your DNA was all over Wayne's place. <laughs> And in that bottle of ass. And by the way, Trish is saying you drove her husband to suicide. So what's that about? And Elaine is like, listen, they determined that Wayne died of a heart attack. All I did was bury him. But he died of a heart attack because we fucked all night. And Richard died because he just loved me too much. And the cop is like, this isn't love. This is borderline personality disorder. You're insane. And, you know, he might be onto something there. Um... And she says, don't you diagnose me. You're probably a narcissist who's incapable of love. And it's like, yeah, you're also probably right about that. But then it like gets so intense because everyone's like, oh, you're with the witches. And because now at some point, like everyone at the bar realizes she's a witch, which like they kind of already knew that. But they all get like riled up and they're like, burn the witch, burn the witch, burn the witch. And they're like surrounding her and like knocking her on the floor. But they're also like unzipping their pants and like trying to get their cocks out but the cop like throws a few punches and is able to like get her out of there but just like that scene where they're just like all shouting burn the witch but they're all like trying to punish her but their punishment is sexual it's just like I don't know it kind of just like wraps up (laughs) what the whole movie is about because it's like if you do everything to please men they're going to treat you as a sexual object and if you don't do things to please men they're going to treat you like a sexual object and that's the horror that is at play here but anyway they're back in Elaine's bed and the cop like she's fine she doesn't have a mark on her but he has like taken a few and she's like tending to his wounds um and she's like trying to give him something to drink but he refuses to drink from her chalice and he like starts looking at her with disgust 
and like he's just looking at her and he's just like shooting daggers from his eyes and she's like she like starts trembling and she like covering her face with her hands and backing away from him and because like I don't know that scene just like gets me the way she was so like um like physically wounded by this like look he was giving her I don't know I thought that was really um I feel that <laughs> it uh it, it resonated with me at least but eventually he like just like falls back on the bed and he's like going to sleep I guess and she gets a dagger and she goes and sits next to him and she stabs him in the chest multiple times and as he dies she just envisions their uh fake renaissance fair wedding and that they're riding away on a unicorn and that's how it ends and I'm telling you guys, this was a cinematic experience. Aside from the fact that I watched it on Pluto TV and ha- kept getting interrupted by awful commercials with absolutely no warning, it was amazing. Like, I'm I'm taken aback. And I know that there are places near me that are doing screenings of this, so I don't know. I might have to I might have to go to one of those because this this was an experience. But after that, I watched a movie that cannot be called a film can barely be called cinema um I watched Bride of Chucky from 1998 now this movie stars Jennifer Tilly and that's pretty much the only good thing about it she is absolutely incredible we love Jennifer Tilly okay but it pretty much opens with her killing a cop um okay so I'll say this the thing about Chucky and I I talked a little bit about him last week (laughs) our man Chucky um he's like I, I think I described him as like tongue in cheek like the original child's play was you know good but then with the sequels we really get a lot more of his personality which is garbage um and he's <laughs> extremely sexist which is like I'm not saying like I expect my villains to be <laughs> woke because that's stupid but it's also like even though this movie like this movie did not use like the female counterpart as a way to be like oh look a badass female character they use it to be like uh look someone for Chucky to fuck with more like I it it wasn't really like I don't know I I wish that um I wish that Tiffany as a character was given more agency and I didn't like the way this movie ended I thought it was very disrespectful to her but obviously I didn't expect much. It is a movie called Bride of Chucky. Um, but anyway, the one thing I will say is that like, even though women get the short end of the stick in this film, um, no women are killed in this film. I mean, besides Jennifer Tilly, but she gets turned into a doll. So it's kind of like a wash. Um, but like, besides that, like the only like people that get killed in this movie are cops. Like I'm pretty sure. So that's kind of like redeeming for me. (laughs) Um, It kind of made it a lot more watchable. But basically, so our movie opens up with Jennifer Tilly killing a cop. She, okay, actually, it doesn't open up with that. It opens up with the cop going to get the pieces of the Chucky doll. I say pieces because he was torn to bits at the end of the last movie uh, as a way to kill him. But it's 10 years later. This cop is getting him out. I'm not sure why. Probably doing something devious. So he got what's coming to him. But he gets him out of this evidence locker where there's also like uh, the Mike Myers mask and the Jason mask and the Freddy Krueger knives. Like 
all all the horror movie props of the 70s and 80s are there um and he takes it to his car and then quickly gets taken out by Jennifer Tilly, who is in her human form. And she takes the doll back to her trailer and she's reading from Voodoo for Dummies. And she's like stitching back together and drawn like a like a pentagram. And she's trying to bring him back to life, but it doesn't seem to be working out for her. Um, and then this guy comes to hang out with her uh I don't really know his name I'm gonna call him Bones because he reminds me of that guy Bones from Monster House remember um he's just like covered in tattoos he's a total putz not convincingly straight at all um but he's like supposedly very into Jennifer Tilly's character um but also it's like they've been dating for a while and they've never had sex but uh, she hasn't had sex with him because she's been saving herself for her dead serial killer boyfriend. And this guy, he can't even kill anybody. And so he is just not even worth her time. So she handcuffs him to the bed. And at some point, Chucky comes to. The magic sinks in. He's back, baby. So Tiffany is like, she like handcuffs him to the bed. And then she puts Chucky on top of him. And she's like teasing him. And then at some point, Chucky's head turns all the way around and he like stabs this guy. And then he puts a pillow over his face and then he just sits on the pillow until this guy dies. And then Tiffany, they have a moment and Tiffany is like, I I saw the ring before you died. And like, I, I was so prepared to marry you and he's like oh what I was not gonna propose to you you stupid bitch and she's like I can't believe I was waiting for you for all this time and he's he's just being absolutely disgusting to her so she just like throws him in a cage and leaves him alone but then for some reason goes out and buys him a girl doll to go with him and the girl doll is a bride doll um and like but there's no backstory as to like why she's made or where she came from and like Chucky like the buddy doll has so much backstory and so much lore so I don't know where this little girl came from like she's the exact same size like her face looks very similar so like why did they make a bride for Chucky that part confounds me either way at some point Chucky breaks free because of course he does and by the way Tiffany like lives in like this trailer which is very cute she's got a lot of dolls everywhere I'm I dig it but she has this huge bathroom like, it's like she does not sleep because her, like, the half of her trailer is a bathroom with a bathtub in the middle of the room and a TV on a stand, like, right at the foot of the bathtub. So she's sitting in there. She's watching Bride of Frankenstein. And Chucky breaks free, and he comes in there, and he knocks the TV into the bathtub, and it, like, electrocutes her until she dies. And it's kind of, like, beautiful, the cinematography here, because there's, like, an up, like, there's a shot from the ceiling, and there's, like, all this, like, um, like electrocution sparks and bubbles going everywhere. I, I kind of dig it. But then he like he, he does some magic on her to try and get her into the doll. And it doesn't work at first, but it works eventually. And here's the thing, guys. I'm running through this really quickly because I did not take notes while I was watching this. Because watching The Love Witch was like such an experience that for Bride of Chucky, I was just kicking my feet up and I couldn't be bothered to take notes. But I, I, think, I think I'm getting all the gist pretty well. Meanwhile, while all this is going on, we have our uh, human characters, which are Catherine Heigl. I didn't know Catherine Heigl was in this movie. Did y'all know that? She is like getting ready to go to go to a dance. The guy picking her up is like so obviously gay, um, but it's like 
her father figure is this cop who's not her father it's her uncle we don't know what happened to her parents they're gone sad um but he's like this is a big improvement on your last boyfriend and she's like thank you and so she hops in the car and i was like as soon as she gets in her boyfriend her real boyfriend pops up from the back seat and she like climbs back there with him and they start making out but they do not make it far before they get pulled over by another cop and the cops in this movie are disgusting and they get what's coming to them and like he does breathalyzers on them i i don't I don't remember them drinking, but I don't know. He busts them somehow um, by just being a total uh, asshole and just trying to get this girl in trouble, Catherine Heigl's character in trouble. But the next day, uh, we see him, and he actually lives in the trailer park next to Tiffany. And they're chatting, and Tiffany is, like, moving the dead body from inside the trailer to, like, her car with a trunk. Um, And... Like, they're talking, and she's like, why don't you take me out tonight? And he's like, oh, I'm taken. And she just, like, says something about, like, be good to her. If she cooks you dinner, you do the fucking dishes, which I love that. That is a beautiful sentiment. Ladies, take that to heart. And this is why I should really take notes, because when I don't take notes, I um, get things out of order. Because, yeah, she wasn't talking to that kid while she was in doll form. It was back when she was in human form. So I got something... Uh, mixed up there. But anyway, I think y'all get the picture. Do you? <laughs> so anyway, we have like our two central couples. You know, we have our our super toxic like Pam and Tommy. And then we have our like star-crossed forbidden lovers. You know, our Romeo and Juliet. And then we have, you know, the gay best friend who holds... Who's the glue that holds them all together. Um, But basically... The dolls hatch a plan where they need to get this amulet that Chucky was, like, wearing at the time that he died. Um, So they decide that they're going to go to New Jersey to get it. Um, uh, But they need a way to get there because, obviously, they are um, dolls. And so Tiffany decides that she is going to get her friend from the trailer park, Mr. Romeo, to basically take the dolls to New Jersey. So she's like, she calls him and she's like, can you just pick up these dolls and drive them to here? Um, I'll give you 500 bucks and then I'll give you 500 more when you get there. Um, Just no biggie, just need to drop it off. And so he's like, great, this is my opportunity to run away with the girl I love because that's what I got to do. I'm 17. And so he goes to pick her up and she lives in a house that is huge, like biggest house I have ever seen and she's you know sitting outside all sad like I am oppressed um but anyway he shows up and he's like let's get out of here and she's like what are we gonna do we have no money and he's like we don't have to worry about money I got five hundred dollars right here and five hundred dollars coming later we are set and she's like okay that's enough convincing for me I am 17 and so they drive but then they like stop somewhere for food and of course they get intercepted by a cop sorry I have to backtrack again so while she's like they go inside to like pack her bag um, before her cop uncle guardian gets home but he has has already gotten home or he gets home shortly thereafter and he sees uh, this guy's van here this guy who he does not approve of and um, because he is a pig he plants weed on it he breaks into this van 
plants a bag of weed on it and then leaves or tries to but Chucky and Tiffany are in there and they do not fuck with cops and they are like we need to kill this guy Um, but instead of just stabbing him they decide they're going to be a little bit more creative and the thing about pretty much like all the deaths in this movie is like I don't understand how they happen because like it's no final destination like if you're gonna be killed by something random it has to like make sense um but they like rig some sort of thing up to like shoot nails at the guy's face and so it does and it shoots nails at his face and then they just like fold him up and put him in this little bench in the back of the the van um and so then they're driving um and then they they stop somewhere to get some food um but then they see that other cop the dickhead from before who had pulled them over um and he does it again and he Asks him to get out of the car, and then uh, they he lets him search it, and he searches the car, and of course he finds the fucking weed, and he's like, "Yo, that's not fucking mine," and the cop is like, "You are going down," um, and so he starts like doing his cop thing, being a dick, trying to arrest him, and then somehow Chucky and Tiffany blow up the cop car. Listen. Everything happened so fast and nothing in this movie makes a lot of sense. So if I'm not conveying it very well, that is my fault. But also, it's Chucky. So they blow up the cop. That's two cops now that have died. Actually, no, three. Except the one that's in the bench hasn't actually died. They're going to open it up later and give him a couple extra stabbings just for good measure. But basically, after this cop explodes... So... Catherine Heigl was like inside getting food and she comes out and this thing has exploded and she thinks that her boyfriend did it and her boyfriend thinks that she must have done it because he doesn't know how it happened and so they're both kind of like freaking out because they're like don't know if they can trust the other one um I have no idea that these dolls they're toting are serial killers and so then they hear on the radio that her uncle is missing and she's like well fuck what's going on and she's like okay so we have a cop missing and a cop just got blown up where we just were this is not fucking good we gotta like hide out somewhere and so they decide that they're gonna get married that's the right course of action so they go to uh like a honeymoon motel they get married and they're both like not happy about it i don't know what the thought process was here again they're 17 and then they stay in one of these little uh, honeymoon suites and it literally has a waterbed and (laughs) mirrors on the ceiling okay so after they get married or whatever they're going to their little honeymoon suite and uh another couple there is trying to swing with them and they're like ah we're 17 (laughs) get out um and then we see this couple in their room and they're just fooling around but uh chucky and tiffany decide that they are going to uh ruin their night so (laughs) tiffany like takes a champagne bottle and like throws it up to the mirror on the ceiling then like the mirror like crashes and it like falls down and it's like in slow-mo like it would be this awesome event and I just don't imagine it happening like this but it's like all this glass is like raining down and like this champagne is exploding and the waterbed is exploding and then there's blood everywhere and then these people just die they just they just lay where they were laying with like shards of glass sticking out of them and then they're just killed 
And it's like, I like I appreciate the effort to like make the kills like different, but they don't make any sense. Like Final Destination at least makes a little bit of sense. That's why it's so scary. This was just weird. But then after this, um, you know, Chucky is just enamored with Tiffany and her ability to kill people in this way. So he, you know, proposes to her using the severed hand or, you know, the severed finger of the woman. Um, and he like has trouble getting the ring off of the finger and the grossest thing i've ever seen he like he like chews on it to like get the ring off oh my god it's so gross i hated it i hated every second of it and after this happens um they bone and we realize that well chucky says that he is anatomically correct which like how and why and uh, we don't know if she is i hope so for her sake but anyway they bone so uncomfortable. I knew I was going to have to watch a scene of dolls boning in this film, but I didn't want to, and I didn't like it. And so after that, like, we see our couple, and I don't know if they've had sex, but they're, they don't trust each other. They're both scared. They both sneak off in the night to call their gay friend and be like, hey, I'm really freaked out as to what's going on here. And so the next day, the cleaning lady, who is played by one of the witches from Hocus Pocus, Kathy Jimmy, Yeah, she plays the cleaning lady that finds this couple dead. And when uh, Romeo and Juliet see that happen, they're like, oh, shit, we got to get out of here. And so they, they carry the dolls with them and they get into the van and they're both freaking out and they're both still looking at each other sideways because they're like, what are you doing? And then um, their gay friend shows up. Um, and they start driving with him and he's like, listen, the way y'all both called me terrified, like I know that neither of y'all did this and that something else is going up. And listen, I think it's your cop uncle because he disappeared and we don't know where he is. But then he (laughs) sees the blood leaking out of like the bench where his body is stored and he opens it up and he sees him in there and he silently like grabs the gun and then is like, yo, pull over the car and they're like shit no you can't like also not believe us like this is awful um and so he's like pointing the gun at gun at them and then they have a bit of a tussle so then he opens up like the back door of the van and he's like still pointing this gun at them and then suddenly chucky and tiffany pull their own guns on everyone and (laughs) that's when everyone is like oh shit it's the fucking dolls and then this poor guy he like backs into traffic and gets hit by this huge truck and it's so gross like his limbs go flying like it's awful like i can't believe they did this poor gay man like this like it's so upsetting like he didn't even get to get murdered like what the hell really upset by it but anyway then they (laughs) they have to keep driving like they have to get to new jersey so these guys can get this amulet out of a grave you know how it is um and then they find out on the radio that uh chucky's body like his physical body is going to be exhumed because they found his fingerprints at crime scenes of these cops that were killed and they're like how is that possible and also like how is that possible? I don't know. <laughs> um, and when they hear that the body is going to be exhumed, they like panic. They're like, oh no, we got to get there. But to me, it's like, why is that bad news? Doesn't that make your job like infinitely easier? Anyway, so now the pedal to the metal, they're trying to get to this graveyard. Um, and they, but at some point they get back in Tiffany's trailer um, so that they can drive, you know, and have more room to plot and scheme and shit. Um, and so they also tell them now 
that they have, you know, out of themselves as being alive. They, uh, Tiffany and Chucky, they're like, you know, we're looking for some physical bodies and you guys happen to be <laughs> here. <laughs> so kind of might suck for you. And so Tiffany, like, ties Katherine Heigl to a chair and starts like doing her hair and makeup and like even like gives her a little mole <laughs> like Jennifer Tilly has and then she's like baking cookies for her man the guy he's driving and he he knows Tiffany because he lived next door to her and he remembers what he said about the dishes and so he says to Chucky he's like hmm, the kitchen's looking kind of a mess isn't it after after Tiffany had just brought him fresh baked cookies Again, like, I don't know how the oven is working while the RV is moving. Anyway, Chucky is like, hmm, yeah, the kitchen does look kind of gross. He's like, hey, toots, why don't you uh, take a crack at those dishes, huh? And she is, like, seeing red immediately because, uh uh-uh, there is no way she cooked for him. And he is expecting her to do the dishes. There is no fucking way. (laughs) And so Catherine Heigl is like, you know, it's, it's really fucked up that he would tell you to do the dishes like that after you did all the cooking. And Jennifer Tilly's like, I know, right? <laughs> and she throws a plate at him and they like fight for a while. But this is like all a distraction. So Catherine Heigl can open up the oven with her foot and kick Jennifer Tilly and do it so quickly. And the thing is, it's so frustrating. Okay, so like Tiffany is basically going on this tirade about how she gets treated like shit by everyone and again just like how men are so awful like reiterating the themes that were so well laid out in the other movie like it's the same shit here it's the same complaints it's women being fed up that they do everything for men and they try so hard and it's just never enough because men do not love them (laughs) they see them as objects but she <laughs> mid speech gets like kicked in the gut so quickly and goes into this oven and i know she's just a doll but it feels so violent and i know it's another woman doing it but it still felt so violent like oh my god like uh she's just she can't catch a break i feel so bad for her and so she's in there she's cooking alive um and the rv just like crashes and after the rv crashes Chucky like holds up a gun to Katherine Heigl and like gets him to like carry her to the grave and uh, meanwhile the guy is carrying Tiffany trying to find them and um, follows them to Chucky's grave Um, and inside the grave is like a grave digger and he just like shoots him immediately but he was just there doing his job like come on like he made the process so much easier he did the digging um but he like oh got him just in time like what was he gonna do he was just gonna pull out your coffin like he wasn't going to destroy your amulet my god um but he gets Catherine Heigl to go down there and open the coffin and get the amulet and she does so then homeboy shows back up with Tiffany and they basically like Chucky and the guy like exchange Tiffany for Catherine Heigl. I don't remember these characters names. I'm sorry. <laughs> and they're, they're like standing on opposite ends of the field or whatever. And they like each of the girls, like they cross paths, like the, the couple they hug and it's so sweet, but Chucky and Tiffany, um, she is like burnt to a crisp. Like her hair is fried and gray. Like she is done for. And she's like coughing and hacking and Chucky is like done with her like then they start fighting they each have a shovel and they're fighting each other I don't know where they found these tiny little shovels 
but they're fighting with these shovels and then he just like stabs her and like throws him off her and it's so like ugly and so disrespectful and is so violent towards women like I know she's just a doll but it was painful to watch and so then um (laughs) they fucking throw his ass into his grave and then they just like shut the coffin door on him or they try to but he like he's just down there with his little knife running around and then boom another cop shows up which I guess he's a cop he's like wearing a suit so I guess he's like boss cop um and he's one of the good ones he's one of the nice ones um he goes up there and he's like pointing a gun at them and then they look down and they see like sees this little thing running around with a knife and so then Catherine Heigl like grabs this guy's gun and like points it at him and finally just like takes him out (laughs) and he is finally done for um and so then the cop like has to call it in and is like uh yeah so all those cop murders it's not these uh young kids who I thought it was it's actually much crazier (sighs) and then the ending which is so awful and makes me so sad so he goes over to Tiffany's tiny little crispy corpse Um, And her leather jacket is still intact, which is how you know it's real. Um, And she's just laying there and he like just like pokes her for some reason. Um, And then she starts like screaming and then she like explodes and this little baby like crawls out from under her skirt. And he's got these like sharp fucking teeth and these like creepy little eyes like oh my god absolutely horrifying and it just like explodes blood out of this detective and he's just staring at this little monster and then he just like jumps on him (laughs) he's just like this tiny little baby chucky just like jumps on this guy's face and then just that is where it ends and like we don't really we don't know what happened to tiffany and that makes me sad like her body was just this like tiny little vessel for chucky's evil seed <laughs> and it it just like popped out and like i know based just on seeing the posters for seed of chucky that tiffany is alive and well but still like that is so awful to me i hated it i hated it so much <laughs> but i guess all in all it was a good horror movie experience like it was stupid it was gross and it was offensive (laughs) so these movies obviously had a lot of overlapping themes you know I of course I thought the theme was love and maybe like romance to a toxic extent but really it what these movies had in common is the way the female characters reacted to the abuse heaped onto them by men that they love, the sacrifices that women make in search of love that men often seem incapable of giving. <laughs> and so you have it. Love is horrifying. Probably one of the scariest things in the natural world. Anyway, I love you guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, I hope you have a good Valentine's Day. Just celebrate the things that you do love and try not to really worry about anything else and you don't have to buy anything but you should buy some chocolate (laughs) some chocolate and wine girlfriend do yourself a favor have some chocolate and wine um anyway bye